Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow, with your host, Linda Nazareth. Well, hello, and thank you so much for joining me today. This is a special episode of the Work in the Future podcast. It's part of a series sponsored by Microsoft, and it's really about how we move forward and what companies need to do, what we need to do as workers as we get through this next phase of the economic cycle and, of course, of the pandemic. And that's really the question. How can we work together effectively through this next stage when we are not really where we thought we were going to be in terms of being normal, whatever normal means? And we had these plans, perhaps, that we'd all be back to the office or we'd be traveling or do whatever we wanted. And we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to get to that stage where we could do all those things because we choose to do them. So I have a really great guest to talk about how to get through this. His name is Jason Brahman, and he's head of modern work and security business at Microsoft Canada. And I had a great conversation with him about how organizations can be as agile as they possibly can, why they need to be as agile as they possibly can as we move forward. And also about the ways we can support each other as we do this, because we have to get through this next leg of the pandemic. There's going to be challenges and we have to use all of the tools at our disposal. So Jason had some really great thoughts on this. Please stay with us. Well, how can we effectively work together through this next stage of the pandemic? Because we thought by this point in time, we would be closer to normal, maybe, and organizations are making plans. They perhaps have to rethink. Well, I'm joined today by Jason Brabant. Now, he's head of modern work and security business at Microsoft Canada, and he joins me to talk about the need for organizations to be agile right now, and also perhaps how we all can support each other as we get through this next phase of the pandemic and the economic cycle. Hi, Jason. Hey, Linda, how are you? Great to be I, back. It's great to have you back. I was trying to think when we last spoke, it was fall of 2020. Uh, a lot of things have changed since then. Uh, it, it's, been, uh, it's been an amazing year. Uh, and, and amazing maybe, uh, some people may react to me saying amazing, but it's been uh, absolutely, I'll say, uh, challenging in many dimensions, but it's been also a great moment for reflection and sort of monitoring and just sort of keeping an eye on what th- how things are going. Um, but it has been, without question, quite a year. It's been a roller coaster because we've had really great moments and we've had some disappointing ones too. Uh, just remind our listeners about your role within Microsoft, your your mission. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, I have the humble responsibility, uh, I'll say, to lead the team that is responsible for what we think about as most of our productivity uh, tools and technologies, as well as our security portfolio. Uh, just given, I'll say, the world that we've lived through over the last 18 months, uh, for many people, that is things like Microsoft Teams that, frankly, in many ways... Uh, has enabled our customers to be digital first responders, um, but has also required us to play a role as digital first responders. And so uh, my team is really responsible uh, for, I'll say, product marketing and product management for those technologies, um, but really making sure that our customers are successful. Uh, For me personally of late, I've been spending a lot of time uh, talking with customers across the country, all different sizes, different industries, uh, and frankly, sharing some of our experience around how we're thinking about hybrid and the changes that we've adapted and sort of implemented over the last 18 months and how we're thinking about it looking forward. Um, But using it as just a great moment to listen to our customers because what's intrinsically true right now is there is no silver bullet. Not one person has all of the answers on what is the right things or wrong things to do. Uh, And so it's just this great moment for all of us to listen and learn from one another. And so it's been really inspiring from that perspective. 
Well, I'd really like to hear about that. What's the journey been like this year for these organizations? So at Tumultuous, I would say is uh, maybe an obvious statement. Um, Without question, I'd say, and I think you and I had a chance to talk about this in the fall, which is no question uh, 2020 was the year of digital transformation. Uh, And in many cases, I'll say inspired by urgency and panic. Uh, I'll say imparted on us, I'll say as a function of the pandemic. Uh, Frankly, every industry, every organization uh, had to digitally evolve in some way. Uh, And I think you and I may have talked about it, which is really this sort of um, this moment of survive or uh, change or die. Uh, And it's it sounds a little extreme, but um, for so many of us, our ability to maintain continuity in our organizations, uh, make sure that our people were healthy, uh, really required us to change in pretty dramatic ways. Um, As we look forward, uh, what's really interesting is. there's a couple of things. One, which is uh, research that we've just uh, we released back in March through our work trend index, uh, creating what we think about as sort of this idea of a hybrid paradox, uh, which I think is going to sort of uh, sit with us for some period of time and, and is at the ground the center of a lot of the conversations I've had with customers. On one hand, which is we know flexible work is here to stay. Uh, and as a function of that, uh, organizations need to rethink how they think about what is the work and what is the workplace. The second piece of that is obviously this idea that says talents is everywhere in this hybrid world. And so this shift around sort of the talent landscape and the implications of that for organizations, whether that's about recruiting or retention um, to things like onboarding uh, as a great example. And so uh, those all start to come together to just say, hey, there's a lot of change uh, in the system uh, and there will, there has been, and I think there will continue to be. As a function of that in a byproduct is a couple of things. One, mental health. Uh, Without question, it's been an incredibly hot topic, well covered by the press, Uh, employee well-being very closely related to that, um, because these lines between work and life have really become sort of jarred in many ways, uh, and the blurring is uh, pretty profound. But the big piece in all the, see, uh, a lot of the implications right now for organizations is cultural transformation, which is how do I build uh, change today that enables us to maintain that continuity, but how do we create platforms that enable us to continue to drive that cultural transformation and that cultural connection uh, as we look to what's ahead of us? Yeah, that's uh, a lot that, that companies are dealing with right now. I'd like to take it a little bit at a time. You mentioned mental health. Are we seeing companies getting actively involved in helping workers with this? Absolutely. To me, there's this idea of extreme flexibility sits so much at the core of this, uh, which is, uh, you had alluded to it, I think you and I had talked about this in the fall, which is, wow, wouldn't it it have been and wouldn't it be amazing to have a crystal ball, which is, uh, unfortunately, we've, we've continued to see steps forward, we've continued to see steps back. Uh, and the idea and behind that is we're going to need to maintain this sort of sentiment of agility and flexibility as we look forward. Uh, that being said is, uh, without question, companies are prioritizing time and investment in their people. Uh, and they've had to in many ways, but it's also um, something for all of us. And and it's not just about the frontline workers. It's all the way through the management organization and, and structure through to leaders, uh, which is, is everybody taking the space and the time to look after themselves. And we've seen incredible, I'll call it transformation of benefits and programs that organizations are putting in place. Again, in many ways, highly grounded in agility um, so that they can flex as things change around, um, uh, around us uh, in the market. And then the other big piece at the core of this is the sentiment of personalization. Uh, And there's such an important role for organizations and for leaders to take the time and to listen 
uh, to their people. And it's not just about in sort of aggregate, it's about listening to them all as individuals because everybody's dealing with this in different ways. And we all have different life experiences, different home experiences. Uh, and so it becomes very personal very quickly. Um, but without question, there's a huge shift uh, in investment going into, I'll call it mental health and, and well-being in, uh, investments and benefits. That's a good thing to hear. We had thought we may be back in person, at least the organizations that wanted to be back in person mm-hmm. would be. Are we rolling that back? And is everyone saying, no, we're just not doing that? So there's no question um, that says, uh, I'll say the broad population thought we'd be in a different place uh, as we look towards the fall uh, and returning to work in some capacity. And um, it, it's such an interesting piece because there's so much debate on, is it return to work or is it return to workplace? And so I, I will say it's more about return to workplace because the work never really stopped. Um, without question, again, we just have to look to the news. The emergence of some of the variants have put a lot of plans on hold for organizations or had organizations maybe just pause uh, a little bit to say, hey, we're not going to quite jump in yet, quite yet. Um, but what we are seeing is uh, lots of organizations making preparations. Uh, and again, uh, a little bit to my uh, opening comments is this is a top of mind discussion for just about every organization and every leader in every organization, and it rightfully should be. I obviously don't want to paint a broad brush that says, hey, here's exactly how everybody's uh, responding to it uh, and how much has been rolled back and how long it will last. Um, but I think it's a great reminder on this is potentially what our new normal looks like. And I don't mean to be alarmist in saying that, but this idea that says we're going to always constantly have to adapt to change uh, and how we reflect on um, creating that agility in our organizations, uh, how we build the instrumentations and the systems of encouragement and, and support for our people. Uh, we're going to just need to learn how to be that more, that much more flexible as we kind of look forward. Uh, it get back, gets back to the core of this listening to our people, to our teams, keeping them updated. Communication is just such a critically important part of this um, so that we can bring people along on that journey so that as we build plans collectively to return to workplaces uh, or redesigned workplaces, the expectations and needs of our people are, are met. So when we look forward and we have to assume that we'll get beyond this variant and we'll have the option to have people back in offices or workplaces, what's the norm going to, well, there's going to be no norm, but what are the kinds of arrangements you expect to see? Is it going to be that we allow people to be everywhere or is there a feeling that people should be in the workplace a couple of days a week or a couple of days a month? Is there any kind of consensus? From our point of view at Microsoft, uh, we've obviously been big advocates, uh, not only for our own people, but with our customers for uh, flexible work uh, environments. And for Microsoft ourselves, um, speaking because I, I obviously know it well, we've always had a flexible culture. It existed long before the pandemic arrived. Uh, in some ways, it did also inspire us to move faster and adapt some of our own policies and benefits. Um, but what's clear is people want options. Uh, if I look at um, that same work trend index uh, research that we released back in the March timeframe, uh, the data told us a couple things. One, about 66% of Canadians want flexible work options to continue. But at the same time, about 60% of them are also craving sort of that, that in-person time, that water cooler, that social capital um, that in many ways we've lost or had to be relegated to squares on a screen. Um, and to support that, we're seeing 60 plus percent of, I'll say, decision makers starting to rethink, I'll call it the physical spaces to accommodate uh, hybrid environments. And it gets at this idea that I referred to, which is the hybrid paradox, which is we anticipate seeing some people uh, that will return to office. Uh, 
We will see people uh, that will continue to work in many different locations and be remote. Uh, and then you've got sort of everything in between. And I think it creates unique opportunities, but also certainly challenges that organizations will need to think about. Um, but we really do hope, uh, and again, a little bit of my personal opinion, we've learned so much over the last 18 months, both good and bad. Uh, my hope is that companies and leaders use this as a moment to rethink what the new operating model looks like going forward, uh, inclusive of, I'll call it that workplace strategy. Jason, I want to talk to you a lot more about the agility part of it. We're just going to break for uh, a commercial right here and be right back. Microsoft 365 is designed to help you achieve more with innovative office apps, intelligent cloud services, and world-class security. Get work done with productivity solutions and stay connected with your employees and clients, whether you're working remotely or on-site. Microsoft 365 allows you to safeguard your business data with a cloud platform that offers built-in security features for remote and hybrid work. Visit aka.ms forward slash m365 for biz, that is F-O-R-B-I-Z, to learn more about Microsoft 365 for business. Jason, people tend to throw around this word agile, but the pandemic, as we've been talking about, is really challenging companies to be agile. By and large, do you think they're stepping up? Um, I, so the short answer is yes. Uh, do I think there is opportunity to continue to push further uh, and really in many ways, I'll say be curious and inspect the things that have been, I'll call it normal for so long. Uh, the pandemic was in many ways, I'll say drove emergency uh, reactions in organizations that I think now uh, I still see organizations looking to find, I'll call it uh, the norming around what that looks like. Without question, uh, the decisions that leaders make in this next phase of hybrid work will impact an organization's ability to think through how they compete for the best talent, how they drive creativity and innovation, and how they create an inclusive work environment, frankly, for years to come. Uh, this idea of agility uh, and flexibility, I think, uh, is going to show up in so many different ways. In many ways, it's going to be this idea of getting to, I'll call it, rewiring your operating model um, to think about new employee expectations. But there's an interesting piece to this, and we may not get into this, which is also using as a moment to rethink customer expectations. Uh, we all participate, I'll say, in healthcare now in very different ways than we did 18 months ago. Uh, how does that continue to sort of exist as we look forward? Uh, there's a critical piece here, which is about uh, support and cooperation of, I'll say, an entire leadership team. Uh, this transition impacts not just one role, not just one function, but frankly, everybody. Uh, and what we've seen, what I've seen as we've talked to customers across the country is in many ways, this is really being sort of run through a consortium, uh, a designated leader that is accountable for designing and thinking about the hybrid strategy. But it's really, really being sort of tackled by a cross-functional team from HR to real estate facilities and security to uh, corporate communications to chief digital officers. Uh, and obviously, HR plays an important role there. But it's a collective teaming effort. Uh, and I'm seeing organizations do it quickly. Uh, I'm hopefully going to see more organizations uh, do it even faster. Um, but we think about, uh, again, this idea that says truly successful organizations are going to invest in the well-being of their people. Uh, and they're going to step up and embrace what I'll call an experimental and agile approach. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more, because every time we have a recession or any kind of economic adjustment, we see some companies do really well, maybe move more boldly. And we see others who suffer really very strongly because you know they just can't keep up with what's going on. 
if you're looking forward to the next year as being a challenge and you want to be one of those leaders amongst companies, what are the things you need company you think companies should be doing? Yeah. So uh, there was a, a great reference. Um, George Anders, I think he's senior editor at large for LinkedIn, uh, wrote a, uh, an elements the other day and he basically said, be ready to build a new plan, not just once, but maybe two, three or four times. Um, and so this idea of what I'll call micro uh, micro changes, uh, call it experimental. Uh, again, so much of this is about uh, listening instrumentation, which is, are you listening to what's going on in your organization? And frankly, the factors around you. Uh, so much is changing so quickly uh, and it will continue to do it, whether it be, uh, res- I'll say economic changes, whether it could be weather related in all honesty, uh, I'll say maybe less so for us here in Canada, mm-hmm. um, but certainly I'll say, could there be another pandemic? Who knows? And is there another variance? And so this idea of flexibility becomes super important um, and making micro changes, uh, which is listening, reacting, listening, reacting. Uh, and at the core of that is a central sort of thematic around agility. Um, in many ways, uh, it's a opportunity to really inspect, uh, again, to my earlier comments, which is everything in your organization. And it's this idea that we uh, all say strongly believe in, which is this is a moment to rethink your operating model. Uh, we've learned and experienced so much in 18 months. Uh, we need to find the best of it and continue to think about how it carries forward. We need to learn from the hardest moments of it to say, hey, how do we adapt or plan for it as we look forward? Um, but again, at the core is this idea that says embracing extreme flexibility, follow the data, uh, and continue listening closely to employee needs and customer needs. I think we can create an incredible future for everyone. Yeah, it's a really difficult time to be a manager because we talked about mental stress really, but you know, we thought we'd be going out to parties and the kids will be back in school, don't have to worry about it. And a lot of people are disappointed. And, you know, they're maybe uh, you know, dealing as a manager, you're dealing with low morale. Are there ways to energize a team when you have this going on and you know, and people aren't where they want to be? Yeah, it's such a great question. Um, so first I'll say uh our experience, uh, and we're hearing it, I'll say pretty consistently from the customers we talk to, is the role of the manager right now is so profoundly important. Uh, in a world where uh, we are not necessarily in the physical workplace, uh, the proximity that our employees and team members may have had to somebody sitting beside them to lean over and look for that support just isn't there. Uh, and our data tells us that those that have consistent one-on-ones with their managers are in uh, much stronger positions as it relates to mental health and well-being. Uh, we need to, as managers, engage every member of our team for ongoing, open, honest feedback on what it's going to, uh, what changes we can make to enable them to be successful in the workplace and in work uh, as we continue to navigate uh, our return. A few uh, findings from, I'll say, that same work trend index research uh, that I'll say from a Canadian point of view, uh, trending towards more burnout. We've heard that loud and clear. Uh, I think that will continue to persist for some time as organizations continue to think about um, defining norms and standards. uh, 47% of workers in Canada felt exhausted uh, versus 39% as the global average. And so as Canadians, that's a moment for us to pause to say, hey, are we listening and asking um, the important questions of our people uh, to understand what's going on? Second is this idea of uh, feeling more isolated. 
uh, in a typical workday, 36% of Canadian workers feel isolated versus 27% in the global average. Uh, and so are we looking for data, data and signals to understand what might be fueling that isolation? Uh, what actions can we take to bring teams together? Uh, and then obviously just this idea, which is less freedom to be their authentic selves. There's elements of this pandemic that have been great. It's been sort of personalizing, humanizing to be able to see into individual people's lives. Um, but at the same time, we are also seeing some of these trade-offs uh, with individuals. Uh, and so for us as uh, managers and leaders, that's concerning data that we really do need to take to heart uh, in Canada. Uh, some examples uh, on energizing. There's a bunch of different ways. Uh, customers have been sharing some amazing examples. A couple that we've looked at uh, here uh, at Microsoft and I'll say specifically inside my team. One is just creating space. Um, and in many ways, people can get a lot of energy from having space to think and to be able to get work done without feeling other pressures. And so we've created no meeting time, I'll say every Monday morning and every Friday afternoon, which is really empowering uh, my team to have the space when they start their week to get organized, catch up on anything that may have come through over the weekend, uh, and then have Friday afternoon really as a space to, and, uh, to wrap up. Uh, we've implemented Thursday lunches, and they are flexible, meaning uh, I've got sort of the saying that I use with my team, vote with your feet, uh, meaning if you need some to be somewhere else, feel free. Uh, it is a no work space. And so it's simply a chance for us to reconnect and connect as a team, uh, have those moments in time. Uh, we've had sort of this rotating calendar of, I'll call it social events, uh, both departmentally and inside teams. And so we're seeing just amazing opportunities, frankly, and seeing, I'll say, the market adapt to have uh, digital cocktail hours uh, and sort of uh, drink cocktail making uh, classes, cooking classes, uh, where we've seen industries have to transform, um, but at the same time is creating those transformations become great services that uh, any organization can take advantage of. And so there's lots of great ideas. Again, it's really this endless opportunity around creativity to go find those moments to energize your team. What about for the technology side of this? Because if we're going to be doing this for however many more months, what should companies be thinking about? And where do you get the best returns to technology? Yeah, so I, I, um, to me, there's this important piece which says uh, technology has the power uh, and potential to be the great connector in this new hybrid world. Uh, we need to think about how we redesign um, spaces and places. Think about uh, inclusivity. It's one of the biggest uh, areas I'll say that uh, I'm watching very closely right now, which is this idea of digital inequity or digital equity, uh, which is recognizing that people are going to be working from different places on different devices. Uh, how do we not create environments that unintentionally exclude anyone? Uh, and so a lot of energy going into that around how do we rethink, I'll call it the meeting experiences. Um, but a couple of things that I'd sort of walk through. So one, um, Steelcase is a great partner of us, uh, of ours. Um, obviously really well-known for space design. Um, excuse me. And so this idea of creating intentional spaces and really thinking about redesign of the physical uh, experience, because we do believe in many ways, well, there may be some industries that take, I'll say, a, a wholesale approach to moving back to the office. Uh, we actually, our broad view is that the workplace will be far more purpose-built, meaning the time and energy that individuals uh, apply to go back into the office will be oriented around specific tasks, whether that be collaboration, uh, whether that be team experiences, whatever the case may be, but more purpose-built, meaning people aren't going to travel to the office just for the sake of being in the office. They'll do so with specific intent. Um, our vision, I'll say, for the future of office spaces obviously includes changes to things like meeting room layouts. Uh, the idea of uh, 
the addition of multiple screens um, to create dynamic views of participants in chat. So how we make it more humanistic in many ways. The introduction of artificial intelligence so that we can do more around understanding body language and gestures. Uh, things like hand raising uh, that frankly was really important. We struggled with it, I'll say pre-pandemic. Uh, for those that are participating to be able to denote that they have something to add to the conversation. Today, it's a click of a button. In the future, it's about, hey, how do we use artificial intelligence to recognize that gesture that somebody may be uh, raising their hands? So that's sort of one space, which is, hey, how do we sort of meld this physical and digital around the meeting experiences, creating more humanistic, more inclusive uh, experiences? The second piece that I think is a, a super important area uh, for technology to be considered and thought through, which is we know office space no longer stops at the office. It's about how does that thinking extend to home? It's this idea of blending synchronous and asynchronous work. Again, recognizing this extreme flexibility where people are going to be working in different locations at different times, in some cases on different devices. Uh, our research still shows that many people are without the basic supplies and adequate internet connections to be successful working from home. Uh, we believe companies will need to take more responsibility for employee home offices, which is how do we ensure that our individual people that do opt to work from home full-time or part-time feel included? It'll be this sort of this idea of that digital divide and that digital equity. Uh, particularly, this becomes acute as you start to look at, I'll call some of the different generations in the workforce. And we've seen, I'll say, polarization in a lot of the data over the pandemic uh, of the implications of the pandemic uh, based on age uh, and where you are in terms of career tenure. There's obviously uh, a big piece around uh, this notion of employee experience, um, which is how do you, again, connect the digital and the physical empowering people to connect to the contents, the conversations, and the culture of your organization so that you bridge this balance of in-person and digital, but also thinking again about this idea of synchronous and asynchronous. And then it's about providing tools and technologies to simply enable us to connect and collaborate and communicate. Uh, technologies like Microsoft Teams that I had alluded to, in many ways, has been a platform for digital first response, which is enabling organizations to maintain continuity. But it's also obviously an important pl uh, player and in, in influence as it relates to communication and connection across people uh, in the organizations, given that so many of us are remote. Jason, uh, so much to talk about. We have to leave it there, but maybe, you know, we will speak again at another time and hopefully we'll be at another place in terms of uh, where we are in the pandemic and post-pandemic world. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Linda. Good to see you again. Jason Brahman is Head of Modern Work and Security Business at Microsoft Canada. Well, that's it for today. If you want to hear more about Jason and his work, please take a look at our show notes. You'll find some links there. If you'd like to connect with me, I'm on Twitter at, at @relentlesseco. I'm going to ask a favor. If you did like this podcast, you like the discussions around the future of work, please take a moment and leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. That's how people will find us and will really help us continue these discussions around the future of work. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks as always to Stokely Audio for audio production. To learn more about work and the future and to see show notes, go to the workandthefuturepodcast.com. You can also contact us at comments at the workandthefuturepodcast.com. The Work and the Future Podcast with Linda Nazareth is a relentless economics production. 